welcome as we meet here on this Lord's Day to worship our God. A warm welcome if you're joining with us online and a warm welcome to Tim as you come to bring God's word amongst us. Pray that you'll be helped as you do so. I'm going to start by reading a psalm, Psalm 93, which is entitled, The Lord Reigns. The Lord reigns, he is robed in majesty. The Lord is robed, and he has put on strength as his belt. Yes, the world is established, it shall never be moved. Your throne is established from of old. You are from everlasting. The floods have lifted up, O Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their roaring. Mightier than the thunders of many waters. Mightier than the waves of the sea. The Lord on high is mighty. Your decrees are very trustworthy. Holiness befits your house, O Lord forevermore. Let's just commit our time to God in prayer. Let's pray. Almighty God, we are so grateful that you are so mighty and that your power is over all things. And as we come on this Lord's Day evening, we come in worship and praise, thankful that you are a God who is in control. And we pray that we would come with that sense of worship and praise and in a spirit of humility before you, looking to hear from you as Tim brings your word to us. And we pray that you would bless us tonight and teach us, encourage us, maybe even rebuke us. But Lord, for your honour and your glory, we pray that our minds would be kept focused on you and not distracted on anything else. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're going to stand and, and reflect on our, our first hymn, which is, "'Tis finished, the Messiah dies, cut off for sins, but not his own. Accomplished is the sacrifice, the great redeeming work is done. And once we've stood and reflected, Josh is going to come and read the Bible reading. Let's stand.
evening everyone. So the reading is Matthew chapter 26, starting at verse 6, going through to 30. Now when Jesus was at Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, a woman came up to him with an alabaster flask of very expensive ointment and she poured it on his head as he reclined at table. And when the disciples saw it, they were indignant, saying, Why this waste? For this could have been sold for a large sum and given to the poor. But Jesus, aware of this, said to them, Why do you trouble the woman? For she has done a beautiful thing to me. For you always have the poor with you, but you will not always have me. In pouring this ointment on my body, she has done it to prepare me for burial. Truly, I say to you, wherever this gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Then one of the twelve, whose name was Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and said, What will you give me if I deliver him over to you? And they paid him thirty pieces of silver. And from that moment he sought an opportunity to betray him. Now on the first day of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus saying, where will you have us prepare for you to eat the Passover? And he said, go into the city to a certain man and say to him, the teacher says, my time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. And the disciples did as Jesus had directed them and they prepared the Passover. When it was evening, he reclined at table with the twelve And as they were eating, he said, Truly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. And they were very sorrowful and began to say to him, one after another, Is it I, Lord? He answered, He who has dipped his hand in the dish with me will betray me. The Son of Man goes as it is written of him, but woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for that man if he had not been born. Judas, who would betray him, answered, Is it I, Rabbi? He said to him, You have said so. Now as they were eating, Jesus took bread, and after blessing it, broke it, and gave it to the disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Thank you, Josh. Let's turn again to God in prayer. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father God, as we, as we come into your presence, we want to thank you for the Lord Jesus. We want to thank you for that way that has been made into heaven above through his death on the cross. Lord, we remember that in Old Testament times that the high priest could only go into that Holy of Holies once a year. Yet you, Lord Jesus, when you rose from this earth back into the presence of your Father, you entered into the Holy of Holies and you've stayed there ever since. Lord, being our high priest in heaven above, being the, the, the first runner of those who would come through death and go to heaven above to be with your Father, we thank you for that peace that has been made for all those who would come and confess their sins, come and trust and have faith in your death on the cross and in your, your sacrificial blood to give them that peace with the Father above. We thank you, almighty God, that you wanted that way made whereby we could have peace. And we thank you that the Son was willing to carry out your will and be obedient to it. And we look at ourselves And there's nothing in any of us that would merit 
that death. We have nothing to bring. Oh, and we come so thankful that you are willing to do it. Thankful for your mercy. Thankful for your grace. Thankful for your love. And we pray that if there is any amongst us here now, any who are watching online, who do not know you as their saviour, you would open their hearts so they would see their need of a saviour. You would open their eyes to see their sinful natures, their sinfulness. You would show them your love, your grace, your mercy. That you are not a God who is currently sitting in judgement, but you are a God who is showing steadfast love to thousands. Yet there will be a day when your holiness demands that justice is done. And we pray that any who do do not know you now would know you before that day, before they die. We pray this very evening. Some would come to know you and the kingdom of God would grow. And there would be rejoicing in heaven as people turn away from Satan and his power. We're so thankful that when you rose from the dead, you had broken Satan's only weapon. You had broken death. And we know that when we die, those of us who trust in you have that much better place to go to, to give you glory, to give you honour, to sing your praises without the hindrance of sin. We're so thankful that you are there, seated on the right hand of the Father in heaven. Lord, and we know that one day we will be with you. Father God, while we are here on this earth, we pray that we would serve you in the way that you would have us to serve you. We pray that we would be windows of love, being able to tell those round about us of your love and mercy. We pray that you would give us a burden for the lost, whether that's our neighbours, whether that's our friends, whether that's our family. And we pray that we will be able to speak about you. And we pray that you would save souls. We thank you for the opportunities that we have amongst the children with the Sunday school, with the teenagers in Rooted. And ask that you would um, bless that work, bless your word. From a young age we pray that you would change lives. We thank you for other opportunities that we have with First Steps, and pray that amongst those mums there will be an opportunity to speak about you and lives will be changed. Lord, and we think further afield, we, we pray for those we know and love abroad. We pray for the Swansons in Cyprus and ask that you would be with them. Lord, we ask you to be with Rosie in Papua New Guinea. Lord, and bless her in her work there. Lord, we pray... Lord, that as she looks for more opportunities, that you would help her to be sensitive to your guiding. We thank you for those Bible studies that she's having amongst those 80 students. Lord, she's very aware that many of them think they are Christians, but only in a nominal way. We pray amongst that work there, amongst those students, you would show them their real need for you. And Lord, bring them to yourself. We thank you that Sai is amongst us this weekend. We pray that you will have blessed his word this morning. We thank you for it. Lord, we pray for the work at Coventry. We pray for that work amongst the students there. And we pray that there will be a blessing amongst the students. We ask as they, as they, the, the, the Hillfields work continues and as they plan and as they've been able to do some of the work in the church, that it would be a useful um, resource for the growth of your kingdom. We pray you'd, you'd be with them there. We pray for our pastor John. Lord, we thank you for him. Lord, as he's preached this morning, we pray that you'd be with him this evening. Bless him um, in spiritually as he meets amongst his friends there. Father God, as we seemingly look forward to coming out of restrictions with COVID, we ask that you would continue to be with our 
leaders. We ask that you would give them wisdom in making the right decisions. Lord, we, we pray that this COVID would be so under control that we can meet again without masks. We can sing your praises. We can meet again freely without having to keep space amongst us. And Lord, we long for that day that we can worship you with our voices. But Lord, we know that you look at our hearts and we pray as we're worshipping you, our hearts will be worshipping you in spirit and in truth. We pray for Tim now as he brings your word to us. We pray you'd give him clarity and thought. We pray that your Holy Spirit would move amongst us and that you would bless us through your word. In Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to stand and reflect on um, another hymn now. Um, It's an older hymn, but it's a lovely, lovely hymn. Um, We pop to verse 3, Rachel. Dear dying lamb, thy precious blood shall never lose its power till all the ransomed church of God be saved to sin no more. Let's stand and reflect. Thank you. with you this evening and to turn together in God's word. Uh, I understand you had uh, one of the best meals ever this morning and you're going to have the most memorable meal uh, this evening, or that's the title of the sermon anyway, and I trust it will be a feast for our souls. 
Our text from God in his word this evening is Matthew 26, verse 28. The words of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, This is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the remission or the forgiveness of sins. And Jesus has encouraged everyone present, drink you all of it. Everyone, drink from this cup. This is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Uh, With the easing of lockdown, uh, no doubt some of you have been able to uh, have meals out or to gather with friends or family and uh, have meals at home uh, which you've waited for for ages and maybe some birthday parties have uh, been able to go ahead. Uh, Lockdown is lifting slightly. I'm sure that uh, the menu was not the most important thing of that meeting. It was the meeting together. The food was important uh, because it made people relax and uh, they could easily talk over the food uh, just like you talk when you're walking along. Uh, Maybe the cook wasn't quite so relaxed. uh, But nonetheless, eating together is a a wonderful time to, to share in fellowship. I remember being in Africa once and uh, our African visitor uh, rose from the table and he said, uh, thank you for your swallowship. Uh, It was quite nice to hear an African mixing up English words and uh, using them in such a comical way. Thank you for your swallowship. Well, Matthew 26 uh, records for us two meals. And uh, there was supper in the house of Simon the leper and there was what's known as the the Lord's Supper or the Last Supper where Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper. Both are fascinating. Uh, We don't know the menu uh, at uh, Simon's house. We know that Martha was the hostess in residence for that occasion and no doubt the food was very good. We do know a little bit about the food at the Last Supper. The important thing is uh, the fellowship which was enjoyed by all the people at those different meals. The fellowship with each other, but especially the interaction they had with the Lord Jesus Christ, both in Simon the leper's house and also at the the Last Supper. Uh, Simon the leper, he was back in his house after his leprosy lockdown or locked out Uh, he's able to come back to his house and no doubt he lays on a feast we assume that Jesus has healed him from his leprosy and uh, as others did he gives a feast for the Lord Jesus Christ in thanksgiving Martha was serving and no doubt uh, she had taken on board some of Jesus' advice uh, not to go over the top with all the arrangements uh, and organisation that she was so accustomed to, to giving Mary, Martha's sister, becomes one of the central characters in that supper time as she takes this very expensive flask of fragrant oil and breaks the neck of it and pours it out upon the head of Jesus and it runs down his body and the whole house is filled with the fragrance of this exquisite uh, perfume. And then there are the disciples in varying degrees of ignorant indignation. Why was this waste made? That flask, you know, I could have, on the open market, I could have got a year's wages for that. Why wasn't this flask uh, dedicated to the poor? And then in that indignation, there was probably some indignation towards the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, why did he ever let her do it? He must have seen it coming. Well, Jesus rises to Mary's defence and he says, she has done a beautiful thing. And that was a memorable meal. And the most memorable thing about it was that beautiful thing that Mary did. And Jesus said, wherever the Gospels preached in all the world, what she has done will be told in memory of her. And it's absolutely true. And then two... At the Last Supper. 
So much was going on at the Last Supper and the disciples' fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Peter and John uh, were the two disciples that Jesus had sent on ahead to get everything ready. And they must have been extremely embarrassed when, as they arrived for supper, it was obvious that they'd neglected one of the most important things in getting things ready. They hadn't arranged for there to be a servant who would wash their guests' feet as they arrived so they could all sit in comfort and uh, begin to relax immediately. They hadn't done that. And then, the astonishing thing that Jesus did. He uh, took off his outer garments, he wrapped himself in a towel, took the place of the lowest servant, and he began to wash the disciples' feet. And the, the interaction with the disciples was, uh, they were asking us, will I, won't I? Will I let him do it? Won't I let him do it? Well, there was one disciple who said, I'm not going to let him do it. Uh, Peter. And so he was insistent at first, Lord, you will never wash my feet. It was an astonishing thing for uh, Jesus to do. I was reading a commentary on John 13, and the writer says, you remember John the Baptist? John the Baptist said, I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the sandal strap of Jesus. But here is Jesus stooping down and not just untying the sandal straps of his disciples, but then washing their feet as well. It was an astonishing thing for uh, Jesus to do. And then came the bombshell. Jesus dropped this bombshell. He told them, I'm telling you quite clearly, quite distinctly, one of you sitting here eating supper with me is going to betray me. Now, Satan already had it in Judas's mind. and Judas was still calculating when would be the best opportunity to betray Jesus to the authorities. And when would I get my commission, the, the commission I lost when Mary didn't give that flask of ointment to be sold to the poor and I could have taken 10%. Satan was already working in Judas, but Jesus dropped this bombshell. One of you and none of the disciples realized who it could be. It can't be any of those. So maybe it's me. And each one of them asked Jesus when they had the opportunity of quietly talking to him. Master, is it going to be me? Is it going to be me who betrays you? At both meals, Jesus was conscious, deeply conscious of more than the food, more than the fellowship with his disciples. He was deeply conscious of his impending death. And he was deeply conscious of his death in the whole purposes of God his Father. In defending Mary's beautiful act at Simon's Supper, he says, in pouring out this ointment, on my body. She has done it to prepare me for burial. And Jesus did have a tremendously rich, royal kind of burial in the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea and lavished with ointments from Nicodemus and Joseph together. Extreme weight of ointment that they used. But Mary, who'd witnessed the resurrection of her brother Lazarus, she hadn't used that ointment on Lazarus. She'd been keeping it for the, the burial of Jesus. But in her devotion, and in her faith, she felt something tells me that I won't have the opportunity of anointing Jesus when he's actually died. So I'll do it now. And she did it. And that devotion and that faith was a reminder to Jesus and a comfort to him as he anticipates his death the supper time. Fancy a meal when you're, you're sitting there all the time and all the time you're thinking, I'm going to die, I'm going to die. And Jesus, as he's eating that supper, is conscious he's going to die. And then too, as he took the bread, 
He gave thanks and he broke it. This is my body which is broken for you. He's aware that he is going to die and his body is going to be broken. And he knows that his blood is going to be shed. And he knows that all this has a tremendous significance in the great purposes of God, which are the words of our text, Matthew uh, 26 and verse 28. Or drink all of it, or drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. This is my blood of the covenant. And uh, this is where you and I come in. You went at Simon the leper's house. You couldn't smell the fragrant oil that Mary poured on Jesus. You weren't there when you saw Jesus with his hands break the bread and hand the cup around. But we are involved because like Simon and Martha and Mary, James, John, Judas and all the others, we must interact with Jesus. We must have fellowship with Jesus. We must have dealings with the Lord Jesus Christ. And these three things in our text are crucial to our fellowship with Jesus. His blood, this is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. We we look at those. First of all, we, we think about forgiveness. There's only one person in the whole of history who never needed forgiveness from God. That's the the Lord Jesus Christ. He was sinless. His closest friends knew that he was sinless. His most ardent enemies knew that he was sinless. When they were trying to put him on trial, they had to make up lies and employ false witnesses to uh, testify against him. It was all pointless because there was no sin. Jesus could say, which of you can convict me of sin? Nobody could. He was sinless. He didn't need forgiveness. The text tells us, this is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Now, Jesus didn't need forgiveness, but which one of us does not need forgiveness for our sins? Can anyone stand up here this evening and say, which of you convinces me of sin? a pretty risky thing to do, wouldn't it be? Your close friends may know about your sins. If you have enemies, I hope you don't have enemies, but if you have enemies, they may not know about your sins. Even your closest friends may not know about your sins, but your conscience and my conscience, they all tell us that we are guilty before God of sin. And the things we think that never get any expression in the outside world, but they're inside us. Sins in our thoughts. Sins in our words. We say things too quickly and too harshly and we can hurt so many people by things we say and then the things we do. Which one of us doesn't need forgiveness of sins? for thoughts and actions and words. Which one of us doesn't need forgiveness for sins, for thoughts we didn't have? Times we should have spent meditating upon God's word and feeding our minds and enjoying God and his word, but our sinful inclinations prevented us from coming to the word and our minds were not filled with good things when we were silent, when we should have spoken, the sin of silence, when we should have spoken a word to somebody in the season, and then for actions that we didn't do, the inactions. Sin. Every single one of us needs forgiveness of sins. And here is Jesus, at this most memorable meal, saying, 
This is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. And you remember he said to the disciples, drink of it, all of you. All of you, I want all of you to enjoy the blessings of the forgiveness of your sins. And Jesus would say the same to you this evening. He wants you to enjoy the forgiveness of sins. And then the Lord Jesus Christ spoke of the covenant. This is my blood of the covenant. The BBC uh, weather forecasts this past week have been reminding us that in certain parts of the country it has been the wettest May uh, for ages and ages and ages. I'm not sure whether it's the wettest on record, but really wet. And then they do have these weather watcher photographs and the members of the public sending these photos. And they, a number of them have been of the, the rainbows, and double rainbows. Beauty. Well, God employs the rainbow as a sign of a covenant, a promise that he made to you and to me. Uh, right back in Genesis chapter 9, verses 11 and 12, uh, God made a promise that he would never again destroy the world by a flood. And that seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, uh, day and night, would never cease as long as the earth remains. It's a promise God made, and he says, when I see the rainbow, I will remember the promises I've made. It's a covenant. God deals with humanity in terms of covenant. And as Jesus is celebrating this last meal, he's thinking about his death. He's thinking about his death in the great overall purposes of God. God's great covenant. God's greatest of covenants. What's become known as the the new covenant. You can read about it in Jeremiah. You can read about it in uh, Hebrews 8 and Hebrews 10. You and I need forgiveness. We need to interact with Jesus because he's the one through whom forgiveness comes. You and I have forgiveness promised to us in God's covenant, as we shall see. And God's covenant is made sure and certain by the death of Jesus. This cup, he says, is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. It was a memorable meal at Simon the leper's house because Mary broke the neck of that flask and poured it out upon the Lord Jesus Christ. It was a beautiful thing, Jesus said. And here is Jesus saying, this is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Some thought that the pouring out of the fragrant oil was a total waste. And some may think that the pouring out of Jesus' blood on the cross was a total waste. Why didn't he live a little bit longer? Why didn't he uh, travel a bit further? He could have taught so many people and the world could have been blessed by his teaching and by his example. And then to die on the cross, what a waste! To have his blood poured out on Calvary in sacrifice. What a waste! No! It's not a waste. He has done a beautiful thing for me. He's done a beautiful thing for you in pouring out his blood. He gave his body to be broken. Slapped, punched, bruised, till his face and body are black, and blue and swollen. His appearance marred more than any man's. He gave his back to those who smote it. He was scourged until his back was raw and dripping with blood. His brow bled and he was crowned with thorns. The mockery of his kingship And he's crowned with a symbol of the curse. The Lord Jesus Christ's hands and feet were nailed to the cross. And he was hung up. His heart broke itself in love as he gave himself 
in death. And as his heart broke itself, blood and water mingled together around it. And then when the soldier pierced the side of the Lord Jesus Christ, blood and water flowed out in demonstration of his death. See from his head, his hands, his feet, sorrow and love flow mingled down. Did e'er such love and sorrow meet or thorns compose so rich a crown? His dying crimson, like a robe, hangs o'er his body on the tree. It wasn't a waste. In the brutal ugliness of it all, there is beauty. The beauty of Jesus' comprehensive love. As they left this uh, supper, Jesus says, no, let's be going so that the world may know that I love the Father and I do what he's commanded me to do. The beauty of his love. Greater man, love has no man than this than that a man lay down his life for his friends. The beauty of that devotion and love. The beauty of his faith. He knows that God will not leave his soul in hell. He would not let his body see corruption. This faith that Jesus has, the beauty of it, the absolute trust and confidence in his Father, the hope that he has. The writer of the Hebrews tells us, look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame. Because of the glory he was guaranteed beyond death. It was a beautiful thing. The meal was undoubtedly the most memorable meal the disciples ever had. And the most memorable part of it were these words of Jesus from our text. Drink of it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. This love of Jesus inviting them, come, I want you to enjoy the covenant blessings. I want you to enjoy the forgiveness of your sins. It will be secured by my death. This is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. The record of the meal is astonishingly short in Mark and Luke. They seem to follow the dictum, uh, less is more. Matthew, who was actually there at the supper, he follows the same pattern and he records the whole uh, supper in a matter of ten verses. And just like the, the perfume that uh, Mary poured out, the fragrant oil that filled the evening, that the thing that filled the evening, the sort of uh, verbal fragrance that filled the evening of this Last Supper is the covenant. The covenant. The covenant. Just breathe it in, will you, for a while. Just uh, get the fragrance of this. God's great promises. That was the theme of the fellowship that Jesus had at the Last Supper. John was there, along with Matthew. And John, in his report of the Supper, uh, takes five chapters to talk about it. Uh, two specifically about the meal, and then uh, others as they walked from the Supper. But it's still the same sort of theme. And what John does is... In his record, he doesn't mention the breaking of the bread, he doesn't mention the, the pouring out of the wine, he doesn't mention the institution of the Lord's Supper, but what he gives us is Jesus' exposition, his Jesus explaining, Jesus opening up the covenant, the great covenant of God, the great promises of God. And Jesus spends the evening talking to the disciples about the covenant. The covenant has four main promises. In Jeremiah 31, you can read it, you can pick it up in Hebrews 8 and 
9. God says, I'm going to write my law in their minds and I'm going to write it in their hearts. Promise number one. Promise number two. I will be their God and they will be my people. There will be such a bond between us. Promise number three. Every single one of his people will know him from the youngest, the least, to the greatest, the oldest. And that's the the key promise that guarantees the others. Their sins and their iniquities I will remember no more. You need forgiveness, I need forgiveness. Jesus is the one. His blood is the precious blood that secures it for us. The covenant promise of God. Their sins and iniquities I will remember no more. And Jesus, throughout this supper time, that's his theme. The text captures it. Drink of it. All of you. All of you enter into these promises of God. This is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Remember that Jesus, before supper got really underway, rose, laid aside his garments, wrapped himself in a towel, washed the disciples' feet. And then he says, I've given you an example. An example of love. And this is my commandment. That you love one another as I have loved you. Just think how indelibly that love was written on their hearts and minds uh, as Jesus washed their feet. I've given you an example. And they would forever remember the time when Jesus washed their feet. Uh, Peter, especially, when Jesus washed his feet. Jesus later on says, a new commandment I give to you, he repeats it twice during the separate time, a new commandment I give unto you that you love one another as I have loved you. But before he repeats the commandment, he says some wonderful things. He says, I am the true vine, you are the branches. You can't do anything without me, But the wonderful thing is, I am going to be in you and you're going to be in me. We're going to be united spiritually. Remember the covenant promise? I'm going to write my laws in their hearts and put it in their minds. And Jesus, as he expounds it, says, this is the law. The law of God is summed up in this, that you love one another. And he takes it to a a higher level than Moses ever took it to. Moses said you should love your neighbour as yourself. Jesus says I want you to love one another as I have loved you. And so that it's in your heart and in your mind, I will be in you and you will be in me. I'm the vine, you're the branches. With me inside you, you can do it. It's a covenant fulfilled. And then, you remember... The second promise of the covenant is that God says, I will be their God and they will be my people. How many of you have been to a funeral? And the the funeral uh, starts off with the the words, let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will return. I'll come again and take you to be with myself. That where I am, there you will be also. The promise of God. They will be my people. I will be their God. They're going to be at home with me. And Jesus, in John's account of the supper, is expounding that. They'll all know me. He goes on to, to that. We'll come on to that in just a moment. But I will be their God and they will be my people. They're going to be at home with me with my Father, in his house, forever and ever and ever. And then, to have God as your God, is to have God's listening ear. And Jesus, again and again, through that supper time, speaks about prayer. Up till now, you've never asked things in my name. Ask, and you will receive. My Father will listen to you. And he opens up the whole theme of prayer. And then this theme, this promise, they will all know me from the least to the greatest. You, you all know the verses about uh, 
Thomas, well, we don't know where you're going. How do we know the way? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Philip, but Lord, show us the Father, and uh, that's enough for us. Have I been so long time with you, Philip, and you don't know me? If you know me, you know the Father. They all know God. And Jesus says, if you know me, you know the Father. And Jesus goes on to say, now, I'm going to make myself known to you. And the disciples say, well, how are you going to make yourself known to us and not to the world? He says, if, if someone loves me, I will manifest myself to them. They will all know me. I will make myself known to them. Jesus, honouring the, the covenant promise, so that we're all involved in this. God deals with human beings in terms of covenant, in terms of promises. These are the promises of God. God promises that he will write his law in your heart so that you will love like he loves. God promises that uh, you will be his people, he will be your God, and there's a home, heaven, where you can be at home with God and there's prayer now where you can be the people of God praying to him, praising him. It's the, the promise of God, they'll all know me. And Jesus expands all of those things. And then the, the sort of concluding promise, which in a sense starts the supper. The concluding promise is their sins and their iniquities I will remember no more. Sin, as God looks at you, sin, as God looks at me, will not be a feature in his thoughts. He won't think about it. That's his promise. And Jesus, that's his theme on this supper time. It's his theme as he says, as he takes the cup, drink of it. All of you, drink of it. All of you have a share in this forgiveness through my blood. All of you. This is my blood of the covenant, the great promises of God, their sins and iniquities I will remember no more. All of you drink of it. This is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. God is so Kind God is so concerned to wash away sin and to have you comfortable in his presence. Jesus demonstrated that at the commencement of the supper. When he did what Peter and John had failed to provide for, they failed to provide a servant who would wash the disciples' feet. And so Jesus, rising from supper, he knows he's going to God the Father. He knows everything belongs to him. He knows he's the king of the universe. And yet he lays aside his garments, wraps himself in a towel, takes a bowl of water and begins to wash the disciples' feet. Oh, where they had been walking. What they had walked through. How they would have pulled their feet in and away, but Jesus, no, 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 I've got to wash your feet. And he washes their feet. Peter objects, but Jesus says, you don't understand what I'm doing, but you will understand very soon. And it's a whole picture of Jesus and his forgiving of our sins. The laying aside of his outer garments is the picture of his laying aside all the glory of heaven, the outward glory of a continual worship of angels and he comes down and wraps himself in our humanity. He wraps himself in human form. He takes himself the form of a servant and becomes obedient, obedient even unto death because it's by his death that he's going to wash away our sins. This is my blood of the covenant is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins there is forgiveness of sins 
But it's at the cost of Jesus laying aside his glory, wrapping himself in our humanity and going to the cross and doing that beautiful thing and pouring out his life in sacrifice to save sinners. And the Lord Jesus Christ wants us to enjoy this forgiveness that he has purchased. He wants you to enjoy this forgiveness that he's purchased. Drink of it, all of you. All of you share in this. This is my blood of the covenant. Trust the death of the Lord Jesus Christ to cleanse you from your sin. Trust the promises of God now guaranteed by the death of his Son. Poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. And Jesus would come to you as he comes to me this evening to wash us. To wash our feet. Where have you been? As Jesus, as it were, kneels at your feet and examines, where have you been this week in your sin? Where did you pick up this dirt? How long did you linger in that place of sin? Let me wash it away. Let me forgive you. Let me cleanse you. What have you been thinking on for your mind to be contaminated with these thoughts? Jesus comes, he says, my blood of the covenant is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. And you and I, we need cleansing for our where we've walked in sin. God's covenant their sins, their iniquities. I want to be in the position where I remember them no more. And God the Father has sent his Son to pay the penalty on Calvary's cross so that you and I can be forgiven and God can honour the promises made, their sins and iniquities, I will remember no more. And it comes about through our interaction with Jesus, our trust in Jesus. Will you this evening be like Peter at the beginning you'll never wash me I'm not going to trust in your death upon the cross to cleanse me from my sin you're going to be like some of the other disciples and shrink away on my feet, I don't want you to see the dirt on my feet, it's too late he already knows the dirt on your feet as it were he already knows the sins you have committed In his love, he wants to wash them away. That's what he wants to do. So you can know this forgiveness. You can know God. You can have your heart changed and have it filled with him and his love and be a different person for all eternity. Be at home with God forever. What will you do? with your interaction with Jesus this evening. Would you be like Peter? Oh, Jesus, wash me. Cleanse me completely. Because Jesus said to Peter, if I don't wash you, if I don't wash you, you won't have any share in anything to do with me. None of those covenant promises you will ever know the benefit of them. You won't have a love in your heart written there by God. You won't be part of God's people. You won't be one who knows God. You won't be a person who's forgiven. Bleak. utterly bleak. Jesus says the covenant, the covenant, God's promises, they're here for you. Drink of it, all of you. In other words, take it in for yourself. You do that by trusting Jesus, praying to him, calling upon him, asking him, Jesus, wash me, cleanse me, or I die.
And Jesus will receive everyone who comes to him. Everyone who trusts him will be washed clean. And God will remember their sins and iniquities no more. And he wants to continually be washing you, cleansing you, so that you continually enjoy the forgiving love of Jesus. May we love Jesus. And as we sort of remember the most memorable meal ever, it's not the fragrance of Mary's outpoured ointment, but the, the fragrance of Jesus and the covenant, the blood of the covenant, poured out for the forgiveness of sins. May we be forgiven people through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.